Blessed be the wonderful name of the Lord. Thank you, worship team. We so appreciate you. And thank you for tuning in this morning to watch us. Uh, we are so happy that you've decided to join us and celebrate our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through worship and praise and to open our hearts to God's word this morning. Uh, one, uh, just begin with one uh, brief announcement before we get to God's word, and uh, we're going to talk up, uh, about the August the 5th, that's a Wednesday night. Uh, we, this past week, posted a little a video on our website and on our social media pages, letting you know that we are going to be opening in phases. Uh, and the reopening is scheduled to take place on August the 5th. That's a Wednesday night. We're going to begin our reopening phase with our prayer services. Uh, we're going to have one hour of prayer, uh, 7 to 8 o'clock. We'll be doing some worship, sharing a thought from God's Word, lifting our voice in, in prayer. We want you to know that there are two things that we're going to ask you to comply with, that you must comply with to attend the service, and that is you have to come uh, with a mask. Masks are going to be required for you to uh, enter into the premise, and you're going to need to uh, stay with that mask on, obviously. And two, uh, there's going to be social distancing. Uh, we have structured the seating in the sanctuary so that we can accommodate that. The ushers, uh, as you come in, will seat you specifically uh, so that you can be socially distanced from the next grouping. So we're going to be doing that, and we're going to trust in the Lord to, as we worship him, as we lift up our hearts in prayer. That will be our first phase. Again, it's scheduled for August the 5th on that. And one last thing I want to say is I want to say hi to Emma. Emma, as I mentioned last week, is a niece of mine. She's probably a, a great niece in that I am her father's uncle, so that would probably make me a great uncle, I guess. But in fact, here's a picture of Emma. Uh, you see her coming up on the screen. Emma, we love you. Uh, Titi and I love you. And send all blessings your way. Thank you for watching us this morning. She's a faithful watcher in New York of our services. All right, let's get to God's word this morning. And uh, I'm going to be speaking to you today from the Gospel of Luke uh, in chapter 28, excuse me, chapter 8. Chapter 8 of the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to be looking at verse 22. Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 22. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water, and they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke, and, and, uh, uh, and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the waves. Suddenly the storm stopped. And all was calm. Then he asked them, where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? They asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind 
and waves obey him. Now, as we just read, Jesus was traveling with the disciples, and he decided to go to the other side of the lake. By the way, this lake is actually the Sea of Galilee. Uh, there are times in the scripture it's called the lake, and other times it's called the sea. Uh, but they get in on, on the, in the boat there, and uh, Jesus now settles in for a nap uh, as they sailed. And the Bible tells us that now suddenly, which means unexpectedly, a fierce storm came down upon them. And to the measure that water began to fill the boat, and now the disciples, and you'll remember that many of the disciples were experienced fishermen. So they had lived their life, their vocation was on the Sea of Galilee. They were familiar with it. Uh, but so at this juncture, though, this storm was so fierce now, the water began to uh, uh, come into the boat. To, and now they're concerned uh, and thinking, we're, we're in real danger here. There's serious trouble that we are in. Uh, so they, they, they woke up the Lord Jesus and, uh, and said, hey, Lord, we're in trouble. We're in real danger here. We're going to drown. Jesus gets up. He rebukes the wind and the waves. And then suddenly, this fierce storm stopped, and all became calm and peaceful. And then the Lord turned to his disciples and said, where is your faith? Where is your faith? To which the disciples responded twofold. The Bible said they were both terrified, and they were also amazed. They're like, who is this guy? I mean, even the wind and the waves obey his command, which speaks to us of the fact that they never anticipated, they never believed for one moment that Jesus had that kind of power, that kind of authority. I want to talk to you today about storms, because storms are part of life. In fact, here in Chicago, Right now, it's raining outside. Uh, earlier, there were some thunderstorms rolling through. Uh, storms are, are part of our life. I'm not talking about physical storms right now, though, but I'm talking about the storms that we incur in our lives. Uh, that, that Storms symbolize hardships that we go, can go through, difficulties that we have to face in our life. And just like the physical storms, there are varying degrees of storm. As I mentioned this morning, uh, there were thunderstorms that were rolling in, and you could hear this thunder going. Uh, then you know that there is, uh, from a thunderstorm, you can get to the point where the thunderstorm itself could be very severe, and you can get hail coming down, golf ball-sized hail that can come down. Uh, we can go from a thunderstorm into now a hurricane, and even... Or tornado. So there are all these varying degrees of storm. I want to talk to you today about a fierce storm. It's the title of our message here today, a fierce storms, because a fierce storm spiritually uh, represents some event that takes place in our life that has the potential to bring serious harm. It's a storm that brings real danger into our life. For instance, we're in a pandemic. 
We are in this fierce storm of this uh, COVID-19 virus uh, that has ravaged the world, where now we've seen hundreds of thousands have died and millions have contracted this virus. Uh, and as we see now, it's uh, reemerging in the sense that there are fresh new spikes going on all over our country. Uh, that's a fierce storm, you see. We can have a fierce storm that can come with a physical diagnosis of some illness that is beyond the scope of your ability to handle. See, a fierce storm could be something that... Uh, takes place in your life, such as because of the pandemic, we have businesses that are shut down, and perhaps you might be uh, em or was or employed in a business that now that is shut down, and there's no income coming into the house, and the assistance from the government may not be there, and so now you're in a financial storm. It's a fierce storm because in the end of normal storms of financial difficulty, but you got through them. You know what to do, but at this juncture, this fierce storm economically is so strong, you don't know what to do. You don't have a clue of how you're going to navigate through this thing. You know we're in serious trouble economically. A fierce storm can be something that has arisen that has created great danger for a marriage. Some event that's transpired now that has put the marriage in jeopardy, that has torn the family apart. And you're at a loss as to how in the world are we going to get through this situation. You see, fear storms are different from what, we, what I would call normal storms. Normal storms, to me, are hardships that we know how to handle. In other words, if I stub my toe, okay, there's a little hardship there, but I, I know I'm going to get through that. I'm okay with this thing. I've been there before. I had that pain before. Uh, I, I've dealt with that. I know how to navigate through that. Port now that I've got cancer, well, I've never been there before. Now, now how am I going to navigate all that? What, what's going to go on? Uh, I want you to please keep in prayer a dear, dear friend of mine. I would not be in the ministry if it were not for this pastor. His name is Pastor Daniel Impaglia. And I just got the call this week. They're giving him a month to live. He needs a miracle. Please remember in your prayers, Pastor Impaglia. I seriously mean this. I would not be in the ministry if not for his mentoring. He is in a fierce storm. His family is in a fierce storm, you see. Devastating news. Fear storms have that signature about them in that it creates such an atmosphere that we realize we are in real danger, both physically, emotionally, and, and spiritually. They're beyond our experience. And I want to share just a few thoughts this morning, and then we're going to pray about handling fear storms or, or what it is about these fear storms that we need to know to have in our spirit this morning. Here's my, the first thought I want to share with you about fear storms, and that is this. Being obedient doesn't exempt us from fear storms. The disciples were in this fear storm because they were obedient to the Lord. 
In other words, the Lord had directed them, let's get in the boat, let's go to the other side. So they're on the lake because they obeyed the Lord. Now, the reason why this is so important for us is because some fierce storms that happen in our life come as a result of our disobedience, right? In other words, let me give you just a couple of examples. In the Old Testament, well, we have the book of Jonah. Jonah was a prophet, and Jonah was instructed by God to go to Nineveh and proclaim that God was going to bring judgment on Nineveh. Jonah decides that that's not what he wants to do, so he totally disobeys God. And for argument's sake, let's say Nineveh is northeast, and so he decides, I'm going southwest. And he goes on the opposite direction, and he boards a ship getting as far away as he can from Nineveh. That was his plan. But a storm came up while he was in that boat, and the storm raged so much, it became this fierce storm where now the sailors are throwing things overboard to try to lighten up the ship. That doesn't work. Now everybody is fearful for their life. They all start calling upon their God, thinking somehow uh, we need to cry out to God because we're in real danger here. And so now they, they get to the point where they get to Jonah, and Jonah, call on your God. And Jonah tells them, um, Guys, I'm the reason we're in this fierce storm. You see, I'm a prophet of God, and I'm running away in disobedience. And that's why this is happening. And the only way you're going to save yourself is you got to throw me into the ocean. They don't want to do that, but the storm keeps raging, so they wind up doing that. Jonah and those people on that ship encountered a fierce storm because of his disobedience. Here's a thought for all of us. When you walk in disobedience for the Lord, not only will you enter into a fear storm, but there are those that are around you that might experience it as well, simple because of your disobedience. So we need to be careful that we don't accuse God of the fear storm that has come as a result of our own disobedience. In the New Testament, let me give you a New Testament example. The Apostle Paul had been arrested, and he appealed his trial to go to Caesar. So some soldiers were assigned to take Paul and other prisoners uh, to Rome. Now, in their journey, they had to start, stop at a port, and Paul goes at one point to the commander and saying, I sense that we should not go forward, that we need to stay here rather than to go on to the next thing because I sense danger is coming. The commander didn't listen, so he disobeyed the counsel given to him by Paul. And sure enough, in the beginning, they got what they called the south wind, and they thought, hey, this is the perfect weather, perfect wind, let's go. And they said, sell, and then the Bible said, before very long, they also encountered this fierce storm. To the measure that it was 14 days they were in this fierce storm, they did not see any sun, the, the winds were howling, they threw everything overboard, and then finally the apostle Paul said, you should have listened to me. Although, uh, if you would have listened to me, we wouldn't have been in this mess. But now, what God has told me is he's promised me we're all going to be saved, but we're going to lose the ship and all the cargo. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. 
when we walk in disobedience to the Lord Jesus Christ, there are fierce storms that we're going to encounter. And there are consequences as a result of that. So I want to encourage you. Let's make sure that we never encounter a fierce storm because we've been in that place of disobedience. Now, having said that, well, back, let me just stress back to my point, though. We can be in obedience to the Lord, and yet we can still encounter these fierce storms. There is this unbiblical teaching, unbiblical theology, if you will, that sometimes permeates into Christianity, and that is that if I am living right before God, if I am serving God with all my heart, then God is going to put this hedge of protection over me, and I'm never going to encounter any hardships. I'm never going to encounter any uh, great difficulties. God is going to bless me to the measure that I will always live in peace. But that simply isn't biblical. That isn't true. There are times that God directs us into the path of a fierce storm. And you may say, well, why would God do that? Well, here's my second point. Fierce storms reveal the depth of our faith in the Lord. Fierce storms reveal the depth of our faith in the Lord. It's why God allows fear storms into our life. It's why sometimes God even actually directs us into the path of a fear storm. Because fear storms reveal whether we truly believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he has authority over that fear storm, whatever it might be, you see. And by the way, an indication that we have weak faith is when we begin accusing the Lord of not really caring about us when we're in the fierce storm. In fact, in Mark, he records the same event, but in Mark's gospel, Mark adds a line that, that Luke omits or doesn't uh, focus on. So Mark chapter 4, verse 38, listen to what it says. The disciples woke him up, meaning Jesus, shouting, Teacher, don't you care? that we are going to drown? In other words, they, they, they're in that place where they realize we're in real danger. We're in serious trouble. This boat, we're taking on water. We're in this fierce storm. Uh, the experienced fishermen understood men have died on, on their, in their boats in the Sea of Galilee. These storms that can suddenly come up can be quite fierce uh, and destroy the, the ship. And then once that happens, you're done. There's nowhere else to go. They understood that. So they knew we we're in real danger. But we've got Jesus, but Jesus doesn't seem to care about what's happening in our life. There are times where you and I, we're going through a struggle, and if it's a especially a prolonged issue or a hardship, uh, and we can get to that point where we uh, allow our hearts to begin to question whether God really cares about us. 
Even though the Bible talks about casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. We know the scripture and we know it up here. But the question is, do we know it here in our heart? Do we have the faith to believe that, especially when we're in the fierce storm? See, it's easy for me to say to someone, if I'm not going through a hardship, cast all your cares on the Lord. He cares about you. That's easy to say when we're not dealing with any hardships. That's easy to say when we're not in a fierce storm. But now, when we're in a fierce storm, now that's when our faith really rises up or at least begins to be revealed as to what measure of faith, what depth of faith we really do have. Some questions for us to ponder this morning. Do you truly believe the Lord cares about the fierce storm that you're in? Do you truly believe that he has authority over your fierce storm? Do you believe that one word from the Lord will calm your fierce storm? Do we truly believe that one word from the Lord and that cancer will move and have to leave our body? One word from the Lord and, and, and our bodies can be restored wholly. Do we truly believe that? It's easy to say, I believe God can heal that when I'm not experiencing that sickness. But when I'm in it, now the question comes, uh, uh, the question that Jesus said, where is your faith? Do you truly believe that one word from me, and uh, even though you're out of a job and you have no income going on, do you truly believe that one word from me and I can provide for you everything that you need? Do you believe that I can renew your marriage, even though in your eyes it's in serious danger? Do you believe that I can save that loved one that's lost and in your eyes is in real danger of losing their soul? Do you truly believe that Jesus Christ has the power, the authority to speak a word over your storm and bring peace and calm to it? Here's the question to look at. I mean, the disciples had Jesus in their boat, which signifies for us, we have Jesus in our boat, in our hearts. We've invited Jesus Christ to be our Lord and our Savior, and he resides now by his spirit in, in our hearts, in our soul. And so now, if Jesus is with us, are we still capable of drowning? You see, that's why Jesus asked them, where is your faith? In other words, he was saying, I'm here. If I'm in your boat, why would you think that your boat is going to sink? Why would you think that you would drown if I'm in the boat with you? you see? In other words, if the Lord is with us, why would we think that he would fail to calm our storm? Now, let's be truthful about this, and let's be the disciples again, especially those that are experienced fishermen. You're in that boat. The storm is raging. Waves are crashing on now over the boat, and you're taking on water. 
you know we are in real danger. The translation for that is this. There are times where the Lord will not only direct us into a fierce storm, but then there are the moments where he will allow water to come into your boat. Let me translate what I'm trying to say to us today. If you're like me, when you encounter a fierce storm in your life, your immediate response oftentimes is like the disciples. Get the Lord's attention. God, I need you. And in my heart, what I mean by that is, right now, this very moment, speak that word to calm the storm. And there are times that God does that. However, there are also times that God allows water to come into the boat. There are times where God waits to the measure that you know there's no way we're going to survive this without God. You see, because humanistically speaking, uh, in the natural, I am sure, the Bible doesn't say, but I'm sure those experiencing it, hey, guys, get this water out. If we don't get this water out of the boat, we're done for. And I'm sure they got to the point where they were trying all they could with all their effort to try to get the water out of the boat. But it must have been coming in so much so that they realized we can't keep up with the water. More is coming in than we're being able to get out. And humanly speaking, there are times where we enter into a fierce storm and our natural reaction is going to be for us to try to uh, work the situation out so that we can get out of this storm, so that we can navigate out away from that. And then God purposely waits. If, can I use the biblical term? There are times where God sleeps during your storm. There are times where you're wondering, where is God? Why hasn't he shown up? Obviously, he sees what's going on. I thought about this and said, how could the Lord sleep during a fierce storm? I mean, it's one thing, I don't know about you, but I like to go to sleep when it's a storm at nighttime. The rain and the hearing, all that, that's because I'm safe inside the home. But I can't imagine for one second sleeping on a boat that's open and there's a storm raging. And yet that's what the Lord was doing until it got to the point where they woke him up. And then when he got up, he rebuked the wind and the waves and he brought calm. Listen, if Jesus is in your boat, if you have Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, in your heart as your Lord and your Savior, in this fierce storm that you might find yourself in, you may take in on a little bit of water. But ultimately, because the Lord is still in your boat, at the right moment, he will rebuke that fierce storm in your life. At the right moment, he will speak a word, and all will be calm, and peace will be restored in your hearts. I'm just going to ask Pastor Jason, would you alone come onto the keyboard, please, and just begin to play that quietly? 
I want to look to the Lord this morning. Because the Lord gave me this word for us today. And I have to believe that it's because many are in a fierce storm right now. Now, I know that we are all collectively together in this fierce storm of this pandemic. And there are some that are questioning, how are we going to get through this thing? Are we going to survive this thing? Are we ever going to get back to normal? It just seems like we take one step forward and then three steps back. What's going to happen? Where's God in all of this? I really believe with all my heart that at the right moment that God has purposed and planned, he will speak a word and bring peace.